Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I'm Amanda Johnson, your host, and I'm so glad to have you dropping in with us today. I have another special guest that I'm really looking forward to introducing you all to. And based on what I've already seen and heard about her on her online platforms and videos through our mutual friend and commonality here that we got introduced through, I'm really excited to hear more from her in terms of her years of wisdom and experience, life experience, and also the gifts that she is bringing into the world, has brought into the world. And I'm really in love with her entire message of what she stands for and what she is bringing to us. So I know that you're in for a treat. Our guest today is spiritual teacher Corinne Holt, who helps people merge with their soul and live as conscious, empowered creators. Her irrepressible devotion to exploring the deepest truth of being human took her on a diverse and arduous journey of 30 plus years that when lovingly integrated, led to the body-mind's surrender and return to pure presence. Corinne is a mystic artist, poet, seer, founder of Attuned to Love, and author of her new book, Poetic Ascension. Corinne, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Amanda. It's a pleasure to be here. So what I'd love to do, and for those who have tuned into our show before, or if you're new, I love to start off each episode knowing that there's going to be some theme or concept that emerges, and yet we really let spirit inspiration guide us through these conversations. But I like to start off with a quote or an excerpt from something to launch us into our conversation. And given that Corinne is an author and a poet and an artist, a messenger of sorts, it felt so good to me to quote an excerpt from her current book, Poetic Ascension. And I loved what this excerpt says, especially even in the first couple of lines. And that's where I'm really going to have a start with our conversation today. So this excerpt that I'm about to read, again, if you can, if you're listening and you can close your eyes and really let the words have an impact on you, let them sink into you, let them have an impression on you. And if you can't, then by all means, do your best to be present to what inspiration, what truth, what wisdom speaks to you through these words that Corinne wrote. The name of this poem that I am going to be quoting from is called Dark Park Dialogue, and this is from her book, Poetic Ascension. There is nothing for you to do or achieve, simply attune and open to receive. Love will bring each part of you back, healing fissures from feelings of lack. This is a passage of reverent return to wholeness you have missed and for which you have yearned. Now, Corinne, you as being the co-creator or co-author, author of those words, I imagine you have much to say about them. And what I really want to focus in on and ask of you is in those first two lines, and there was something else on your website, by the way, that you talked about in terms of loving ourselves and one another without specifications for um, how we must earn it. So removing this need to do something, achieve something, earn love. 
that's what really stood out to me from this excerpt, those first lines, that there's nothing for you to do or achieve. Could you tell us a little more about that for you in terms of maybe where those words are coming from, what they mean to you? Why is why did you need to bring them to uh, to the page and to our hearts and to our minds? Mm. Well, what I noticed on my spiritual journey, um, like I said, for over 30 years, I really started noticing that I suffered and wanting to heal that. And so, it's, you know, it's just a long journey to be present with that and to tune into what works, what doesn't work, you know, what tools work, what doesn't work. And then meditation and conversation with the highest version of ourself. And, you know, seeing my suffering, seeing others suffering and seeing how is it the same? How is it different? You're just at all kinds of reflections. and. When I wrote this book a few years ago, the beginning of it, what emerged was a conversation with high self. And it was all of the mental questions that about achieving and becoming a better version of the self. And it was like the striving to be a better person and noticing that in myself and other clients and, you know, the soul, the divinity, the the oneness. These are all synonymous. I like to call them different names. For now, I'll say high self. The thing, you know, there is nothing that you have to do or achieve. And to the human doer that is all about striving for this and that and the other thing and achieving this goal and that, you know, that's like, well, what do you mean? There's nothing I have to do or achieve, you know. It's so foreign to the way we've been brought up to constantly striving striving, striving. And this was just one of 40 plus poems that spoke to the wisdom um, as seen through the eyes of soul. And that seeing is what dissolved the mental constructs that create suffering. And, And so it really was just a final push that had my personality self fully merge with my soul where what does that mean just that as I see and respond to life I no longer see it from the mental belief systems of how things are or how things should be it's a very neutral thing and a a recognition that all of our suffering comes from the personality self ignoring the existence of the soul that lives within every cell of our being. And it was just that pure, simple thing that allows for the compassion and the um, not being triggered response to life, no matter what's going on. So it's, it's so easy to experience that in myself. Why am I suffering? Because my mind is having a problem with something. Why are people out there suffering or fighting? Because they're ignoring their soul. They're ignoring their Christ consciousness, their divinity, which never has a problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just pure presence. Pure presence is untaintable, uncorruptible. You know? And when we merge with that, that lives in all of us, 
the, there is the dissolution of all of our problems. They just fall away. Mm-hmm. Now, I love so much of what you're saying. And wow, it just rings so true for me. And what I love about this journey is how there are probably as many ways of accessing these truths and experiencing them for ourselves as there are individuals on this path or on these on this journey because I hear what you're saying and I'm thinking yes and you and I have never talked you and I have never connected before and we have I'm imagining how wildly different lives journeys influences etc and so I love that here we are in this sacred space and this is what I find so inspiring about these conversations and why those listening I think there's so much to gain feel experience is we are all connected and we are all capable of tapping into these truths of experiencing these truths even if you're sitting there listening thinking I have no idea what Corinne is talking about I've never experienced that before in my life or you're sitting here saying I totally get it I've been there I've had that moment the truth and reality is we all have access to it and what I love is you saying that this idea that we don't have to achieve we don't have to strive and you're right that is so counterintuitive to nearly everything in our culture and in what we're taught and what we're programmed to believe so I want to just go there even more and even this idea that we don't have to earn it so you talk a lot about love attuning to love letting love lead loving ourselves loving others and I think that's so such a such an important concept and it can be very elusive this idea that oh i love myself oh i love others if and then there's like the big if they act the way i want them to act do the things i want them to do you know it's easy to love our life when it's running smoothly and everything is going hunky you know nice and easy and our partners are awesome and who we want them to be or we have the job that we want to have or we whatever it is I think there's an an ease about this idea of love in those situations and then what I'm hearing you talk about is we show up in love at all times despite our circumstances without needing to earn it or prove it can you talk more about just that concept of Life doesn't have to look a certain way in order for us to choose love. And maybe where, why is that so hard for us at times? What's your your experience been with that? Well, I think it's so hard for us because we still are coming at it from the mental paradigm of being more loving, judging oneself of, oh, I should have been more loving, or he or she should have been more loving as a behavior, as a response to life. What came to me through the writing, which I'll mention, by the way, is I never planned to write poetry. I was writing, you know, a normal prose nonfiction book. Um, And that it just speaks to what can happen when you really open to the wisdom of your soul, the call of your soul. The unexpected happens, which is proof that, you know, the, the mind wasn't trying to achieve anything. It was just opening to a conversation and then poetry came. So that that's just an aside. But back to the loving. So what I saw through the writing was uh, a phrase came in one of the poems. Everything goes better when we let love lead, capital L. And then what also came is that love was a more expansive definition. It wasn't just about 
a description of how we act uh, with one another, but as an acronym, L, for the limitless, O, organizing, V, vital, E, essence. That's a mouthful, but it really gave a more expansive definition of love, the limitless, organizing, vital essence. And we can see the truth in that within our own being. We are, we are animated. The human bodysuit is animated by this infinite, organizing, vital essence. It's always present. So if it weren't, we wouldn't be standing upright. We wouldn't be alive and breathing. So there's our proof that that exists. Now, everything goes better when we let that, capital L, love, also synonymous with our pure presence, divinity, our Christ consciousness, soul, whatever word works, when we let that ask that true nature lead our lives, what does that mean? It means it is what guides our responses and our reactions to our daily life. And that is a game changer, you see, where the mind surrenders, it fully surrenders and says, okay, I am, not, I am no longer going to be trying to be in the pilot seat of this journey. I'm going to sit in the co-pilot seat, and I'm going to take the directive of the pilot. And so, you know, the limitless organizing vital essence, well, how is it going to respond to life? Well, you don't know until you let it. Okay. And so when I was living that and in in, in, in investigating what that would mean in my life and how that would show up, because it's going to show up differently for all of us, but it has something to do with being very neutral and very at peace and very non-triggered and seeing the bigger picture, and the, the biggest aha moment to my mental personality self was, wow, people are just responding that way because they're not, they're not, they are ignoring their divinity. Because if the mind is surrendered to their divinity, they don't act like that. They're not hateful, they're not vengeful, they're not triggered, they're not uh, trying too hard trying to impress, trying to please, you know, all of these imbalances that happen when the body-mind is striving to fill up what feels empty. And what is it empty of? It's empty of feeling the connection with its divinity. Mm -hmm. What, and I love this, and of course my, my curiosity now, and also putting on the hat of the, the uh, interviewer, is what what did that look like for you? So to go from letting the mind lead us, be in the pilot seat, if you will, to getting to this place, not getting, we're, we're, I know it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing uh, practice, I imagine. And there is some sense of now the soul, I love the acronym for love, your pure essence is in the pilot seat, mind is on the, in the co-pilot. What did that journey look like for you to arrive where you are today? You know, I think it was just a day by day, minute by minute, um, seeing that several things happened. Uh, I'll back up. I also heard while one random Tuesday morning making the bed, I hear this voice. You are not the appliance. You are the electricity. So 
I knew what that meant as a metaphor, obviously. It's the life force, the animating power. Like that is what we truly are. The appliance is just the temporary experience we are having as human uh, physical beings, okay? embodying divinity. We just have forgotten that we are embodying divinity. <laughs> we believe ourselves just to be the, the human doing. Okay? And so what did that look like? What it looked like is it's like pulling a thread. Once you start pulling the thread of truth for you, I'm not saying the truth for everybody, but what feels true for you. Then all of, it just keeps showing you more and more and more and more. And so for me, you know, I, then I hear, you're the electricity, not the appliance. And then another poem comes that sheds more light on truth. And it's it just one thing after another. And, and then a, uh, being at the grocery store and seeing somebody get really impatient uh, at the checkout line and just noticing there was just no reaction at all. It was just like, wow, just deep compassion. Like, oh my gosh, I've been there. I have felt that way. I so recognize that reaction and how that feels in the body to be stressed. And going is a simple matter is you just not attuned and recognizing the presence of soul. That's it. That's the bottom line. As soon as you recognize that you are the seeing, not the temporary self, not the, the local consciousness. Once you see that, you can't not see it in every aspect of life. Absolutely. So in the commute, some, someone cuts you off, you know, they're just, people are out of their minds, but that's not really true. They're actually too far into their minds. They're so far into their minds that they're ignoring the highest version, the highest essence that lives in every cell of their being. Mm. And I love your reminder that it's like a thread. That's just such a beautiful imagery of as we, as we uncover these truths or we pull them out, they, they keep coming, they keep coming, they keep coming. And for me, that is such a, a metaphor of, in, um, of encouragement as well for those listening and tuning in here that keep following the thread, keep following the thread. And, and it's not you necessarily even having to seek it or look for it or find it. It will find you. It will come to you. And that's what mm. I'm hearing in your experience a bit. They could mm. come to you. Yes. And I, you know, I came up through coaching and healing and, you know, I, I honor every tool along the path because Every tool we learn as coaches and healing practitioners or if we're authors and sharing beautiful wisdom, you know, every part of that is a tool for one purpose, and that is to ungrip the clenching mind. And when I say ungrip it, it it's the mind that only sees itself as this person, as this person with a name, what I call the local consciousness personality i stay away from the ego word because a lot of negative connotation around that but the personality self has all of the aspects not just the you know the negative ones we label as arrogance or what have you but the personality self has every aspect from kindness to patience to impatience and you know uh, and anger you know we've got all those aspects but there is the seeing that we are not those aspects because we can see them. 
You know, if you can see the emotion, you can see the aspect, you're not them. Uh, same as if you see your shoes, you see your fingers, you're not, you're not the fingers, you know. We are the seeing. And there's a poem that goes, the looking we are, you know. You know, it's that electricity, that's that vital essence. So back to, you know, the coaching and the healing, that is all about trying to give relief to the body-mind that is struggling. Why? Because it doesn't see itself as divinity. That creates an imbalance. It creates a blockage in the flow of, of the human body. So we get relief. We do energy healing. We release that block. It stays good for a bit. But then what happens is it will recreate again, you know. Why? Because if the mind is still identifying with the thoughts that create suffering, then you create another block. So I recognize that the coaching and healing gave temporary relief, and it led to another layer of seeing at a deeper level, which is all good, you know, all good. These are all it's a stepping stone of the journey, but it was never the tool is never the thing that gets you to the full freedom from suffering. Mm -hmm. it, it really is the mind finally surrendering, just saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't lead this ship. I can't be the captain of the ship. Don't want to be the captain of the ship. I just want to take the orders, if you will. Yeah, and, and I'd love to ask a little more about that, if you don't mind, and similar to what you said earlier as well, and these the couple questions that are... are jumping around here is this especially for those who are either I, I've played the skeptic for most of my life I'm uh, and I think that's served me in asking questions and getting clear about things uh, it's also not served me in a lot of ways so the the skeptic of us the thing going well what okay if we let our soul lead if we let that our pure essence guide us and we aren't achieving, we aren't striving. Well, I, I, I back up. It doesn't mean we aren't achieving, but we aren't striving or feeling that there's a need to achieve in order to X, Y, or Z. And how do we, how do we navigate that? Knowing that we are in a body. I loved your, are you saying that we embody, we are embodying divinity. So we do still have this physical body. We still get to live in this physical earth and share our gifts in physical ways and touch and see and smell and hear and all the things. How do we, what are a couple questions you answer it how you wish, but the question is how do we get anything done? Quote unquote, right? There's that question. I think that's a question many of us hear when we talk about this stuff is, well, then would anything get done? And, and the other thing is just, what does that look like in our day to day when we're letting our pure essence lead or captain the ship if you will mm. well i would first just say well i dare you to try it and see what happens <laughs> you know because I love that. <laughs> you know it's going to you know divinity loves diversity obviously look look how many forms of beingness there is you know how many physical forms and all the radical differences between us and and so it loves diversity so what you know what love leads when love leads in my life it's going to look differently than for you and, and everyone else what i can say from a fundamental place is that it's ease there is flow 
there is an effortlessness about it and the fear falls away. So when you're, you're in the process of the doing, there's no guilt, the shoulds or shouldn'ts or the uh, worry about time or the worry about what someone's going to think, it starts to drop away. And so that's what creates the ease because the mind's problems that are cloaked in shoulds and have tos and um, these kind of fear-based thoughts, they are what creates the resistance, which what is what creates the pain, which what creates the blocks and the lack of flow of energy. And here we go on the cycle. So it really is if you just imagine just opening up. Here's a, a metaphor I like to use: is if you sat on the edge of a pool and you just, well, you know, sitting on the edge, you just fall back in. Put your arms out, fall back in. It's like that. It's the feeling of it. The body-mind just falling into itself, into its divinity, full immersion, and then trusting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pop back up. I'm going, to, I'm going to know how to swim, even if I never had a swimming lesson. Somehow, the body wisdom is going to kick in, and on the physical plane, it's going to know what to do. It's mm-hmm. going to follow the inner movement. You know, that inner intelligence is going to say, kick, dear one, paddle your arms. You know, we don't need a teacher to, do, you know, to tell us that. You know, it's like it's in the innate knowing. But are we listening? Okay, so that's one part of it. Then there, I want to go back to the part you said is this fear of not getting things done. Okay, so what happens, at least it did for me, is that there's actually a lot of doing, maybe more doing than ever. Because now there's flow. Now that mind is out of the way, I said to my husband the other day, gee, I don't know if I'm ever going to take a day off. I work seven days a week. Uh, Every time I think that I'm going to take a day off, it never happens. And that's what happens when you are doing your soul's work. It doesn't feel like work. Sometimes it does. Um, You know, whatever, traveling and being being on a timeline when you have to be. Um, but other than some of those navigational pieces in the creation of what you're doing, you go off the timeline. There are times I only get three or four hours of sleep and I have full energy. Why? Because, you know, the bandwidth, the mind has fully stepped back and allows the full bandwidth of source energy to come in and animate the body and the mind. So now... There's lots of doing that happens, but it's a different kind of doing. It's not the mindset, oh, I should do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. No. It's just in the moment, spontaneous. Oh, I'm following the inner guidance, inner movement to write this. Oh, now I'm feeling inner guidance to pick up the phone and call X, Y, Z. No, now. And so it's a moment-by-moment, spontaneous animation. Mm. And, and and so the mind is no longer, I don't wake up and say, okay, and here's my list, A, B, C, D, F, G. <laughs> I can't, I, when I wrote my book, I couldn't even write an outline because it's so mental. What is an outline? Planning. No, it couldn't happen. So what happened for me is I had to just be in the moment and I knew a series of events happened that came to the writing of poetry. And then I would, would have moments in the beginning where my mind would start to get a little twisted up going, 
what are we going to write? What's the title? What's the direction? It wanted no, you know, pre-planning. And High Self said, oh, no. No, my dear. One line at a time. Will you just trust? Let's see. Mm. <laughs> and then I would, would just sit there, close my eyes, start typing one line at a time. So Dark Park Dialogue, for instance, is a long poem. It's one of the longest poems. I just wrote one line at a time. It got done and it rhymed. I had, there was no intention to rhyme. None. In fact, if I had anything to say about rhyming, my mental, my mental kind of uh, position was I don't like rhyme. You know, like I think rhyme and poetry is kind of cheesy. And that was my mental belief before. And then my high self says, oh, but my dear, rhyme is sublime. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so funny. You know, it just, it just kind of came back with this lovely, light humor. Oh, but my dear, rhyme is sublime. <laughs> it just mm. made me laugh. And I just said, okay, then, you know, and then, then it says, are you trying to rhyme? I said, no, I'm just writing what comes. And there, there it went. And so, um, so back to what would we, what will we do then? Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, if we just allow, we'll be a lymph noodle and just sit on the couch, <laughs> do anything. That's the mind's um, lack of experience of attuning to the soul because it's making things up that aren't true because it hasn't had that experience yet. But I'm, I'm here to tell you as one who experiences that daily that there is more doing than ever because there's so much flow that it can't not be done, you see. Mm -hmm. Oh, Corinne, I love this. Yes, and, and the question that is just being so wanting to be asked right now is, as I feel we're coming to such a beautiful we're kind of full circle completion as we're approaching that is for those listening and who do not yet have that practice of listening to the call or listening to their soul or listening to their high self they they may know what that is they may not know what that is and they have limited practice if no experience tuning in listening what what would you offer what do you have to say to encourage inspire guide lead etc for those who may be thinking so how do i experience that <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that is first and foremost from the inside do you want it more than anything else in your life i think for me it was that when i say in my bio a pure devotion I came to the point of being so tired of struggling, of suffering, of striving, you know, uh, trying to achieve this, trying to achieve that, trying to be whatever, and being a single mother and working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And I was just so, so tired that that created the surrender that said, you know what, if you strike me dead, so be it. I'm, I'm okay with that. You mean, because I, the personality self no longer feared the death of itself. It didn't care. And so the conversation, because I knew divinity was there, but it's like the frustration of why can't, I know you're there. Why don't I feel you? Why do I feel alone? Why do I feel blocked? Why do I not hear you? Why do I not see you, feel you? 
Why? You know, <laughs> that kind of frustration. And, you know, the soul just sits there and says, dear one, I love you. It's like you feel that. Um, the devotion creates deep, reflective questions, like such as, why can I not feel you? And the answers come. And then the, another question, like, what would that even feel like? I've heard people talk about it. What would it feel like? The question gets answered. And this is how it happened for me one morning when I was holding my son, holding my son before school and just all loving him, giving this big rock, mama rock hug. And, and then I felt arms around me and a silent whisper that says, we love you just like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so that it is the deep devotion to wanting to know truth of your being more than anything else to the point where you would die for it mm-hmm. and, and and then that kind of deep devotion to wanting to know the truth then naturally leads to deep questions and then divinity always answers them so now once you've asked now will you be alert to listen and look for the answers and, and then it comes. And so that's the practice is first, can you find it in your heart that you want it more than anything, that you want it more than uh, the creation of something? Do you want it more than a soul partner? Do you want it more than, you know, that degree or that credential? Like, do you want it more than anything? Can you really say that? And for me, I, that's, I got to that point, truly, and only you can know that for yourself. And that's when it really started to happen for me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And mm. Mm, I can feel the impact that has even on me hearing that and feeling the impact it is having on every individual listening exactly when they are meant to hear these words. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I would love to, though I could talk about this endlessly, (laughs) I would love to pivot slightly and ask you a few closing questions. These are my, the questions that I ask of each guest who is uh, such a, an inspiration on the show so that we get to know you a little better personally and also where we can find you and connect with you. So my first question I ask is always, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? First thing that came to my mo- uh, mind was um, my parents, because I saw them struggle in their relationship, and yet they were so devoted to working together as parents that um, there was a particular grace uh, that even through the suffering of not being a very well-matched couple, um, that they the love inside of them persevered as parents and um, they're divorced now at this time. But the, that was very inspiring to me. Um, The certain amount of selflessness that happened in the relationship. So that that's one um, major. Then honestly, I have read so many books and uh, listened to so many people along the way that I can't say any one uh, kind of, person or teacher stands out but the accumulation of all of them together collectively were just very uh, very profound on my journey 
of uh, to where I am today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what place or activity is currently inspiring you right now? Right now, where I'm really led is that I, I've made a shift from just uh, what no, people would normally know as life coaching, where I was kind of coaching the circumstances to I'm 100%. I can't not do, you know, I can't not do it this way. Is guiding people, their personality self, to merge with their soul. It's like because I've experienced it now. Um, and then on my uh, travels of where I've done events, um, I've led people in the events to that merging with their soul. And I saw the light just like, you know, sprout out of their eyes, unlike anything I've ever witnessed, because mostly I, I uh, coach people by phone. And that was really the confirmation that I, I'm really to do the work of now the merging the personality with the soul and helping people meet them where they are and help guide them on the steps to um, that knowing and that personal experience with their divinity. And so all of my work now is about that, whether it's the videos, the art, the poetry, um, the, uh, the events, the speaking, everything points back to that um, reintegration and remembering that what we are is love and divinity and, and the infinite limitless organizing vital essence. Beautiful. That sounds so awesome. Mm. And I'm thinking we all need one of those. (laughs) We all need, Mm -hmm. well, I can't say that. And yet I know so many of us, so many of us would benefit from that. Uh, The third question I have is, and I know you just said that you've read so much along your journey and maybe pointing to one or two would be difficult, but I do as an avid reader myself and as knowing that's one way of really being guided on this journey. Is there a book or two that stand out as having been just truly instrumental or inspirational to you along your journey? The first kind of spiritual book that I read in the 90s was Gary Zukoff's Seed of the Soul. That was, what, 20-something years ago? Um, so that I just know that at that time, that was one of the first books for me that was profound. Um, I know Byron Katie's work has was really, um, her all of her work pointing to the recognition that what you believe and think is mostly not true. And so that really, that also stood out as a, as a major aha, that again, another tool that helps the mind ungrip from its position of being in charge of life. That was big. And then I most definitely, Eckhart Tolle, you know, his work with being in the power of now and the new earth, um, that really also stands out as just, just incredible writing from grace and love. Absolutely. Well, I I can say I'm familiar with two of the three. I'm so glad you shared what one of those first books was on your journey, as that gives uh, all of us more breadth and wisdom to pull from and something that may have not already been found or explored. And of course, Byron Katie's work and Eckhart Tolle also have served on my journey. So yes, those are some master teachers and they themselves are doing what you know we are all here to do so it's beautiful to have them amidst us and my fourth question is 
what are you currently working on or creating right now that is uh, lighting you up or bringing you joy? Yeah, I'm, I am in the process now that I've, I've stopped traveling for a few months uh, to create videos of, of my experience, a little bit of what I shared with you today, and going deeper with the, the experience of merging with soul and putting the steps, because I'm only one person and, and traveling all the time, uh, it does get wearing, wearing. And so now that I've been traveling and I've heard people's questions and um, taking that in and addressing those kind of questions um, in video format where uh, I, I would have online kind of courses that would help people unlock the grips of their of their mind and start to make, you know, really enhance that surrendering process. That's where I am right now. So um, my husband and I are also creating more poetry with benefits videos, which you are on my website, um, attunedolove.com. And um, those are beautiful, like two to three minute multimedia experiences that, again, point you to your divinity. And you can consider them little mini meditations. And so you can stream them or buy them for a few dollars and just another lovely tool to kind of relax the mind uh, framework and de-stress and uh, soften, soften our edges. We're continuing to work on those because I like to use those in the events, but I also I've had people say, oh, can, you know, where can we get those? And, and so they are also available to people if they wish. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And and just, you know, it's so clear to me that what you are sharing in the world is very much what you embody in terms of softening and grace and love, just your entire essence. It's very palpable for me to feel that. So that mm-hmm. is such a, for me, an indicator that you really are, you really have done that integration, that alignment work so that what you are putting out is very much a reflection of what is already within you and what you're embodying. So my last question, which you started to answer, but we'll make sure we cover our bases here is that, I mean, given all that you are creating and offering, where can people then find you? I know you mentioned your website, attunedtolove.com. Is there anywhere else that they could get in touch or contact you or connect with you? Yeah. So uh, I'm on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram. All of my handles are attuned to love, A-T-T-U-N-E, attuned to love. So pretty much you put that in anywhere and you'll find me. But if you do attunedtolove.com, you'll, you can contact me. And if people want to do personal sessions or, or what have you, then um, they can email me from my website. Awesome. And then we'll make sure to put the website in your uh, which is the same as your social media handle in in the notes and where we share this so that those can find you who are feeling inspired to find you absolutely can. And of course, we know that they will. That's how this works. Those who are meant to find you already have in some way. So thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so if you're listening, you feel that call, listen to your soul, your soul may be guiding you here. So this is a great chance to practice, to tune in and listen. If that soul is guiding you to check out a video or check out her website or reach out in some way, there may be, there may be a reason. I can guarantee there is a reason you listen to this episode today. So tune into why that is for you and what it has to share and what it has to tell you. So Corinne, this has been wonderful. And as I 
can only imagine it just always opens me up to a deeper and deeper level having these conversations. So thank you for sharing your gifts and your wisdom and your soul's wisdom with us here today. Mm. It's been a pleasure. And and something that just came up is a one uh, more thing to add on. uh, The event I just uh, did at Toronto, there was someone who was there and she had in the middle of doing an album. She's an artist. And she said she had been stuck for two years on finishing the final song. And the day after the event, she finished it. And and so this is, I just want to point out that the possibilities are endless when you take that time to attune to your divinity in creating that flow. And that there's very practical ramifications, you know, positive ramifications for doing that. So I just wanted to say that as a final word of encouragement uh, for people to really make that a priority. You know, however you feel led to tune in to yourself, um, make that more important than anything in your day. Beautiful. I love that. And again, only we each will know how that needs to look or what that looks like as it will differ for each of us. So thank you for sharing that. Again, you can check out Corinne and her work, attunetolove.com. You can check out her latest book, Poetic Ascension, which I read from at the beginning of this episode and all of the other ways that you can work with her or see her or hear more from her. So please do that. And until next time, thank you all for tuning in here. Now you can tune in to your higher self and many peace and blessings on your journey.